yo, you listening to Threes from the Ring podcast off the YouTube Media Network. Appreciate you guys for listening. Appreciate the support, all that good stuff. So, with that being said, um, got my boy Trail Sav on here. Go ahead and introduce yourself, G. Yo. Yo, yo. So, just we finally have an episode number where we have players we can actually use. So, 77 G. So we have a decent amount of niggas. Uh the best player on his list is Luca by a long shot. And he only been playing for two years. But uh shout out to Luca, of course, number seventy seven. Uh then I guess Damari Carroll will be the second best. Uh Andre Bargnani. Uh hmm. Joffrey Laverne, I guess, will be the next. No, Ursan Ilyasova. I take that back. Ursan Ilyasova wore 77 last year. So, and everybody else is pretty goddamn trash. So, yeah. So, number 77 had 14 players who wore the jersey. So, uh, anyway. So, uh, we think this might be a short episode. Uh, so, we'll see where it goes from there. But, um, but yeah, so... Like we've been doing, let's go wrestling first. So, last week, last episode, we uh, briefly talked about Becky dropping the title to Asuka uh, for the, uh, because she is pregnant with uh, her and Seth Rollins' child. So, once again, congratulations to them. Uh, great thing. Uh, we already saw on Raw how I think Seth Rollins is going to implement this into his character. So... It's gonna be interesting in that aspect on how where Seth Rollins goes. He already stabbed, well, impaled Rey Mysterio's eye into the edge of a steel chair. Uh, I mean, the steel steps. So we'll see how far this goes. Uh, but that's just I want to discuss mainly on what does it means for the Raw Women's Division or maybe even the company as a whole because Becky technically was. As she self-proclaims herself the man. And she was the biggest star on the company. So, what does this mean for the women's division, Raw specifically, and also uh, Raw in itself? So, let's discuss that. I'll let you go ahead. I think for the women's division, it opens it up. For Raw, it's a big loss because um, she is a mega star, bro. Yes. I, I honestly underrated how much of a mega star she is. Uh, every video crossover game that comes out, she's in the like the um, she's on like the promotions and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, she is a huge star, big dog, uh, and that that's like you 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 gonna miss that. So be prepared for ways they're going to implement her throughout her pregnancy um yeah uh and watch what 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 she does and things like that however just a pop a rating or two um maybe she turn a storyline with Seth if Seth go borderline batshit crazy which would be a good way to ease her in to to say Seth you're tweaking and um and continue you know to keep her in that story but all in all um, I think uh, for the women's division, it will be really, really good because even though their roster is not as big as it was, 
part of you know because of the releases yeah. uh it should help out in terms of people like Liv Morgan and other stars on Raw keep Charlotte away from that belt as much as possible though is my thing Agreed. um so yeah but uh yeah I definitely agree with everything you said in that aspect uh definitely a huge blow for the company uh they will f- like I wouldn't be shocked if like they are they'll find a way you know with the pandemic you don't want to put her or the baby at risk and all of that uh so by putting her on tv or even have cameras follow her i'm sure it'd be as limited as possible but i wouldn't be shocked that there's a special keeping track of what becky lynch is doing stuff like that yeah. i wouldn't be shocked like you got to capitalize on it and honestly you're she's the first women like to be active and get pregnant and knocked up like that honestly i thought it'd be naomi but I guess the Usos uh, in no rush, but uh, but yeah, um, it it does definitely open up the women's division. Uh, Oscar being a champion really helps. Um, it helps and will. I think Oscar's gonna have great matches either way. Uh, is she's not as big of a star as Becky, but in terms of since the uh, COVID situations and all of that, she has took advantage of. The uh the camera time she's been getting uh just easily been one of the bigger stars on camera, uh male and female. So it's good to see Oscar have the belt. Yeah, I know it's pe- like she didn't earn it, but she's there's a lot of women in that locker room and Raw's locker room. She haven't really had a match with one on one like uh Shayna. I would like I know she had a match with uh Liv, but uh I'm sure like that'd be a gr- something great to capitalize off of. Like you have options plenty of options for her to go up against and also Bianca Belair is on the roster so it's like she has fresh faces she hasn't really wrestled or competed against one on one and plus the storyline opportunities open up a lot more uh, as well because like Asuka isn't like she's still the beast that she is but she isn't like how Becky Lynch was just like dang near super Cena to an extent of I'm going to win by any means necessary so I'm definitely looking forward to see how it opens things up. Uh, and I think Oscar has potential to make one of the women in that division a star and that probably being Liv Morgan because they want her to be up to the next level. Or it can open up for somebody like a Bianca Belair to, like, we already know, like, how cold she was in the moment and she takes advantage of the moment. But it could make, somebody like her can take advantage of the moment as well once because I don't know, she hasn't been on TV in like two, three weeks. But when she is on there, just take advantage of the spotlight she's getting to get moved up. And I'm one of those people as well. Like, keep Charlotte away. Like, let her, I don't want to say run through NXT's women division, but tend to build some of them up till we get somebody like, because she really don't need the belt. Charlotte is at the point where it's like, how can I say... Like she can elevate, she can start yeah, elevate. to elevate people. Like exactly, and that's why she's there in NXT to elevate that talent. Not necessarily because people always think like ratings is a thing, but to elevate that talent to make the talent seem better with the loss of Shayna. Um, and whoever's going to take down Charlotte is going to be a fucking mega star, dog. Mm-hmm. So, and that's what you use her for. Um, 
but they they got so many in the back and on NXT that can come in on Raw. And the second instance, they don't want to pull the trigger on Liv. You can do it. They did a good job of establishing Rhea Ripley as a a, a, a big competitor yep. because of her, her title shot at Mania. So it, it's a possibility. They got a lot of things they can do with their women's division post Becky Lynch. But it's going to be some growing pains. Yeah, it definitely will. Like, that's expected. But it goes back, like, if you watch the uh, Ruthless Aggression uh, doc, when The Rock left, Stone Cold was literally in and out, halfway in, halfway out. And Triple H was, I think, had his first quad uh, injury. So recovering from that, it was like, who's going to pick up the mantle? Like, who is going to pick up the mantle? Like, we know Asuka's here. Asuka is here. We we know that. That's why we gave her the belt. But who who's going to get, who's going to take that mantle and go further with what we just lost? And that goes for the men as well, honestly, because it goes back to like Becky Lynch was arguably their biggest star. She was their biggest star. She like she's literally the first woman to be on the freaking game cover. Unfortunately, that game is ass, but she's that's still legendary in itself. Like nobody's ever done that before. So we so it's something that the whole company as a whole, like who's going to take advantage of this moment? Because like we already know, like Seth Rollins is there. Roman is out as well, so like that's another mantle that needs to get picked up. So you're missing two of two of your, let's say top five biggest stars, going. So figure it out from there. So it's going to be some growing pains. I'm looking forward to like what can and won't what what, what will come from this. Uh, but we've seen WWE go through way worse, in my opinions, and like even with this the pandemic situation we got going on in our world. They're still doing a hell of a job uh, doing with what is given to them. So that goes to the company itself. But I'm definitely looking forward to seeing what, who in that back, who in the locker room is going to step it up, step up regardless. So, but yeah, so moving on, uh, I combined these topics, the IC belt tournament and Drew Gulak. Uh, so Sami Zayn. Uh, because he is on a look, bro. I'm not trying to catch COVID uh break, as I like to call it. Uh, so they uh vacated the IC belt off of him. Uh, shout out to vacate. Uh, I think vacate is officially a 14 or seven. No, I think it's a seven time IC champion. So shout out to vacated. Gee, he's doing his thing out here, uh, representing IC belt again. So with that being said, uh. Uh, hopefully Sami Zayn is cool and stay safe, bro. And I also like the fact that he isn't cool with it on Twitter. Like he's being very active. Like, look, bro, there's some bullshit and all of that. I'm cool with that because it's just playing along with the storyline. Uh, but they did do an IC tournament. Uh, tournament going on on SmackDown. Uh, let me see if I can pull up the bracket. If you want to talk about uh, it being vacated, you can go ahead as I look for the bracket. Yeah. Um. The, the title being vacated is big, in my opinion. Sucks. I'm a big Sami Zayn stand. So to see the title get vacated, you know, just for for this, because of this pandemic, sucks to me, bro. Like, sucks to me. Um, But I know it's going to lead to a lot of great matches, great moments. If I think, I don't know who should it go to. I'm thinking, um, I'm thinking um, D 
Bryan just because of how big of a name he is. And if you can't put the WWE title on him, you might as well put the IC title on him. Yeah. And you could just have him have some slap matches with anybody. But it's looking like fucking Sheamus. So, um, let, uh, I, I guess that's the way it's going to go. Uh, and I don't, I don't, it's not, it's not that I don't, I don't like the Sheamus decision, but. I don't like the same decision, but I I, I kind of want somebody else to 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 um to get that title. Yeah, I definitely I definitely feel you on the Sheamus thing. Like, it's uh, did Sheamus have a match this this past week on SmackDown? I know like, he's going against Jeff Hardy, so yeah. I don't remember though. Yeah, so I don't like I only recall the Drew Gulak and Daniel Bryan match. Uh. Like, I didn't get a chance to fully watch SmackDown all the way through. Because uh, I only saw the Charlotte promo uh, in the Daniel Bryan Gulak match. But uh, these are all the com- com- uh, combatants in the uh, tournament. Uh, Daniel Bryan already advanced. He beat Drew Gulak. Jeff Hardy versus Sheamus. AJ Styles versus Shinsuke. AJ's here solely, I think, just to bring name recognition. And also they're doing the slightly wild card rule thing. And Elias and Baron Corbin uh, continuing their rivalry that needs to kind of be dropped. But uh, Daniel Bryan already won. So I think we already see him going to the finals, honestly, unless he beats Sheamus. Uh, But I also see Jeff Hardy possibly getting this belt. I can see it. Because they just want to shove Jeff Hardy down our throats. Uh, but, yeah, I think whoever whoever makes it off the left bracket, they're going to go against uh, either AJ or Shinsuke, to me, just looking at it. Uh, with I think Elias is also an undercard to win it, too, because they're trying to do something with him. Very hard trying to do something with him. But, uh, yeah. but, yeah, I can't, but I'm I not can't... a big fan of Elias versus Baron Corbin stuff. Uh, I'm happy. At the position he's in, though, but I, I'm 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 a Elias heel stand other than just an Elias. Let's watch him, you know, wrestle yeah. and move the crowd. But um, yeah. I don't know. They should have just gave this nigga a break because he works better with a crowd. Like, he needs the crowd because he's, he's not a good enough. Per- he's not Elias, a he's WWE not a good enough all around performer. Stuff like that. That's him. So I don't I don't just see him. As a person who can generate that much, you know, um, uh, like I don't even know. I can't even say like heat or or pops because there ain't no crowd. But he ain't gonna be a person who generates a lot of Reaction. love from the the internet with him just being the way he is. And he's mm-hmm. cool. He's one of the bearded gang niggas. So, uh, yeah, yeah, I feel you, but. Uh... It's gonna be interesting. Like we, it's a lot of potential good matches from it. We are Daniel Bryan Drew Gulak was one of the best matches of the year so far, and let's just go ahead and throw it into decade as well. But um, but yeah, uh, but that that can lead us going to Drew Gulak. He did not. I guess they couldn't agree on a new contract for him, so he uh, his contract just expired. It wasn't a release. It wasn't a firing. Uh. Is is a really weird situation, but I think it's just one of those things where 
I'm sure they were negotiating. It's just time ran out. Uh, so it was just safe to say, like, they put him on here. Because I feel like they, they, they must view him in high regard to just put him on a match, knowing your contract expires that weekend, and proceed to be like, all right, we may know we there's a good chance he could come back. Because he's been really good on SmackDown since he actually got drafted and everything that been coming his way. He's been really solid. I really grew to like his character. So uh, it's interesting to see where this goes. I think he will come back. There's, you know, of course, the internet community wants to send him off to AEW as if AEW has money to just throw at any and everybody and stuff like that. And we already had our discussion about that outside the pod and on how that's not fair to whoever's already there. But um, I see him coming back. I view, I view, I think they view him as an asset because if they wanted to release him, they would have just outright released him. So I think he will come back. It's just sometimes, like, with everything going on, you just, like, shit happens and not everything's going to go as planned, especially when it comes to trying to find how you want to pay somebody who can be around for a potentially long time. Yeah. Yeah, that's it. Anything you want to add to that, or we good? No, I just think like, um, uh, that that losing Gujulak is a big loss. I know he's probably not the the biggest casual like everybody loves casual mm-hmm. type player, but I mean type wrestler. But um, I personally do. As a semi-hardcore, but not full-on smart, I love Drew Gulak and his wrestling ability. And he's a he's like a he's like a a D Brown without the star factor. And mm-hmm. um, and it's gonna be sad if he don't come back, bro. Yeah, it's gonna be really sad, really freaking sad. But I I can see him, I can see him possibly getting resigned. Like, I think that it's just with everything going on, I'm sure either A, it slipped or it's just uh, in progress of negotiations and stuff like that. So, because like, so I feel like they wouldn't just send him, put him out there just to get outright say, we forgot about you. It's not like a he's no way Jose in this type of situation and stuff like that. And plus, I don't think he, he wasn't really vocal on social media like, you know, fuck them niggas, you know, how some people get so it'd be that way but and then he got leverage he definitely got leverage in the mm-hmm. sense of making a new contract and it's just in this pandemic it's just weird bro yeah it's super weird but who knows the financials because he gotta compete immediately claw so mm. yeah so we like hey we can see what happens like it's a wait and see approach with it right now but uh i think he will be back so Let's go ahead and uh, did anything neat happen on AEW? Oh, Mike Tyson is going to pop up at their pay per view to present the uh, the TNT title. Uh, I just need a sound clip of him saying TNT title. That's all I need. That's really all I need. Uh, I don't, who's in the fi- Who's supposed to be in the finals? What'd you say? Who's supposed to be in the finals for that belt? Cody Rhodes and a nigga I don't know. All right, let me look it up real quick. TNT Championship belt. Um, let's see. Uh, blah, blah, blah. 
Let's see. Okay, finalists. Let's put in TNT Championship belt finalists. Still nothing. All right. Let's go to the Wikipedia. That might help. Do do do. Oh, Lance Archer. Ain't that? Oh, oh yeah. That's the dude they were trying to hype up when he uh started when I was still sit like watching watching. All right, cool. So Lance Archer. So, uh, uh, what? Is I don't know what to say. But that's on them if they uh if Cody Rose continues to bury himself in title opportunities, that'd be hilarious. But uh, but yeah. So that's that. Uh, I just need to see Mike Tyson just say TNT title. Give me that video clip, and I'm satisfied. Good job. But uh. If you can pay Mike Tyson, then you can pay uh better for for better talent. Either way, uh, moving on, let's go ahead and go into basketball. Like I said, this will probably be a fast ass episode. Uh, but so the only really interesting thing basketball wise that did happen, it is a couple things that did happen. Uh, Adam Silver is feeling confident about uh the league opening back up. We already know that, of course. He did have uh. A meeting with the owners and uh, some of the faces of the league in terms of the players uh, about what to do, where to go next. So is moving forward. More teams are opening up uh, their workout facilities. I know the Rockets are opening up their facility tomorrow. So would it be interesting to see where that goes? Uh, I think the Heat opened theirs up uh, this week, this past week as well, where Dana, everybody. Uh, popped up. They said all like twelve players popped up. So you telling me Jimmy Butler just called everybody and said bring y'all ass to practice? That's how I view that. But uh, and the Lakers opened their facility up this weekend as well. This past weekend as well. So uh, we'll see where everything goes in regards to that. And then this is the fun thing that happened. Uh, Spencer Dinwiddie. I don't. I'm like I said, I'm still trying to figure out if. Um, he's trolling or not because let me look up his contract because I could have sworn he just resigned the new deal. Spencer then he ain't trolling, big dog. Like I think the next thing, the next thing gonna re up. Mm. All right, hold on, let me look up. His and he contract just being right and he just being smart in what he does. He's not a free agent until twenty twenty two. Wait. Play but I option. think he probably, I think, the, Wait, like, option. I don't think the Nets, I don't think the Nets going to keep him, bro. I hear you. You're right. Uh, yeah. You're right. But he does have a player option for this offseason, I believe. So, yeah, that'd be interesting. But either way, Spencer Dinwiddie said he will sign a one-year deal with the NBA team. Fans decide if they reach a Bitcoin target of roughly $24.6 million on a GoFundMe. In his statement, he says shoe companies, endorsers, influence team decisions all the time. He's not capping there. My, our biggest endorsers will always be the fans. So I want to have some fun with this while we're all on, under quarantine. I hope no owners, teams, personnel participate. So there's no impropriety and propriety on this kind of one of a kind endorsement deal. So pretty much Spencer Dinwiddie's telling fans. Hey, if y'all pay for how I'll much I, you said what? No, keep going. Oh, Spencer Dinwiddie's pretty much saying 
if the fans uh of whatever team puts I guess the most money into his GoFundMe, he's going to play for that said team. So I can see this going wrong in so many aspects. It's going to be hilarious because a lot of people who sit on floor seats have money. Now in Bitcoin, I do not know, but they have money and you could turn that into bit. And I'm sure they have money that could turn into Bitcoin either way. So it's going Man, to be Man, my fun. folks about to end up on the Utah Jazz, dog. You hate to fucking see it, bro. He doesn't even fit on the Jazz. They already got like 13, three niggas that play like him. Donovan Mitchell, Jordan Clarkson, and Mike Conley. <laughs> Nigga, ain't... Okay, so... So he not going back to the, the... Even though the Lakers niggas can get him, but I don't think he going back to the Lakers. He was on the Lakers uh, before? Like, no, he never played for Lakers. My bad. Yeah, but, I'm like... I'm on um, I don't think the Lakers. I don't. I don't. I, well, you know what? No mind. Lakers probably do have the cash to get that nigga. Exactly. Laker fans have to. Yeah. <laughs> like LA, LA fans as a whole, but like Laker fans will be willing to do some wild stuff like this, in a sense of, hey, let's all go ahead and throw this money up. Let's get Spencer Dinwiddie on here. They, the Lakers do not have to drop a. Well, probably just have to give them a vet minimum, uh, in a sense of just like, hey. Come on in, uh, and we'll see where it goes. So I can see Lakers, Knicks fans. And then he's in a situation in which I don't think he tweets because if you're getting $23 million, period, that's a contract. Yep, that's a contract. That's, I don't that's know who Brady can pay $23 million a year, but that's still a – you that's got that money. and the contract the NBA going to get you. So Exactly. He's going to be the right. Like Spencer Dinwiddie really is like you said, playing four D uh, chess and all of that. Like my man is not playing G. He, he like I don't know who his agent and like his accountants are, but they are some smart mugs. G in terms of like how Spencer Dinwiddie is about to kind of invest and in, improve his like financial stock in a way because even like the no yeah right to the my bad like bro. The, no, <laughs> even with the uh. The thing he did was trying to do at the beginning of the season where he was trying to uh turn his man, nigga, I know there's a flash flood warning shit. But uh but where he was trying to uh put his money into an investment stock or something like that and the league was like, uh, I don't think that's a good idea, but I think he still went on and did it anyway. So Spencer Denwood, he has a very smart team and he's very smart in terms of the finances of of his finances because he's pretty confident. In this, but it will be interesting to see who fan base goes crazy with this because I can definitely see Laker fans doing it because LA Mugs just have money and it costs Dane near a thousand dollars to go to a Laker game, so it'd be that way. But uh, yeah, that's it's really interesting, it's funny, but very interesting to see where it goes. Uh, anything you want to add in regards to it? All right, just lost day trail for a second. Uh, we'll pause. All right, we're back. Uh, day trail's back on the call. But uh, so yeah, uh, I was saying before you disappeared. Uh, anything you want to add about Spencer Dinwiddie? Uh, you did. We still talking about the Spencer Dinwiddie stuff, right? Yeah, I said we're we're ending it. I just want to see if you want to add anything to it. Oh uh, no, nothing else. He he he's. He's he, but he's playing it really, really well. If niggas get mad at that, that's like owners shouldn't get mad at it because either way, that's a win-win. You gauging to see if fans is behind him. He's a good player, 
and you might just get a goddamn free agent player for damn near free. So exactly. and and he's a borderline all star. So come on, come on. Exactly. Right. Um, but like, it's, it's good. I hope the league don't pull up on him though. Yeah, we'll see. <laughs> like we will see. But who the fuck is his manager? I need to know. Cause I need to meet that guy. His agent, whoever, all of them niggas. I need to meet because they are really freaking smart, smart as hell. So man, fuck the dinner with Jay Z. Let me talk to goddamn this nigga Spencer Dinwiddie's agent and manager, bro. I swear, because they know they know what they doing. They making sure my man's set, like even post and re- post retirement for his kids. So you don't get that that often. So, let's go ahead and move on to our top 15 centers list. Uh, So, when it comes to this list, this is probably the most interesting list because, like, honestly, like, the first maybe eight, maybe first eight was easy. It is hard to find a place where certain players you know are great. <laughs> but it's just like, yeah. dang, do I really want to put them on here? And then you, it's it was some players. It was like I can't be disrespectful. Like people like Wes Unsell and Bob McAdoo, I couldn't be disrespectful to them. Yeah, they and Nate they. Thurman, I couldn't be disrespectful because they, they did Thurman. some shit that other players still can replicate in today's game. Very true. So, so I, I'm gonna keep it buff, bro. I don't have no. I don't think anybody on my list is playing currently, dog. What about yeah. you? No, there's no current players. Well, Dwight Howard. Oh, shit. There you. Damn. Yeah, Dwight Howard. And that's what I mean. It's so many great players that I forget. Like, Dwight Howard basically should be after Patrick Ewing on my list. I was so, right now. Because I gave some ass damn in the same player, just in different areas. Wow. Damn, how long I'm putting Dwight Howard over Patrick Ewing? Shit. <laughs> Hold on. For extra party, you can you can start your list by the way. We'll do it different this time. But for extra party, he in, in the party, he in <laughs> he in don't try to look at a tutorial on YouTube where he got an eight year old teaching about this. <laughs> wow. Um, wow. The, wow. Wow. <laughs> Oh, wow. Yeah, you can start. Oh, you want right. me to do it? I uh, can go. No, I, I, I honorable mentions for me: uh, Robert Parrish. Don't uh, respect the Robert yep. Parrish. Uh, yep. Nate Thurman didn't make my list. Like I wanted to put Ooh. him on, but I just didn't feel comfortable putting him on in that aspect. Uh, yeah, he did have a quadruple double, but I just it just didn't fully sit one hundred percent with me to put him on. Do we have a chill with that Warriors team? No. Okay, taking him off the list. Wait, let me double check that. Hold on. He might, but I don't remember if him and Rick Barry played at the same time. Where's my basketball reference tab? At? Hold on. There we go. Um, let's see here. Nate Thurman. We're going to, like I said, I could have, I looked at it and I was like, nope, 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 nope. What about awards? Uh, mainly all defense and uh, Cybertime All-Star. Yeah, honorable mention for self for self. Yeah, so he's an honorable mention, but respect to uh, Nate Thurman. Uh, I said Robert Parrish. Um, what's that boy name? Oh, I know you hate this guy, but George Mikan. He is the original big man. He has to be on here. 
uh, Dave Cohen's. He's an honorable mention. Uh, who else? I'm trying to make sure I'm not forgetting. Not a soul. Did you throw Mark Eden in your honorable mentions? Yes, Mark Eden's also an honorable mention. Like he he was close. He was Man, very he was so far- freaking close. Wait, is he 15 for mad? Because I just took somebody off my list. Hold on. Because he, like, if he's on your list, I won't be mad. But the reason why I didn't put Mark Eaton on my list is also the same reason why Ben Wallace is also an honorable mention as well. So yeah, woo. So yeah, so got, don't he got like four defensive player of the years? Ben Wallace, yeah, it was close, and he does have. Gee, what? Who the fuck do you got over him? And look, bro, I had to put some respect on the OGs. What artist Gilmore? Yes. He's my 15 too, bro. Yeah, Artis Gilmore. <laughs> Artis Gilmore is on my list. So like I had to Wait, put respect. He on your list, but he's not your 15? No, he is 14. You ain't gotta spoil it. You ain't gotta spoil it. Just yeah. listen. Uh yeah. I just start my honorable mention is all the same. Uh I might throw I might take Artis Gilmore off and throw Ben Wallace here for 15, but honestly, the center pool was so deep that we really can't go wrong. Unless you, how you just, it depends on how you built your top seven is where the argument can go. Yeah. Uh, also, another but, um, honorable, and like, honestly, there was a point where Tim Duncan was playing center. I think he technically finished <laughs> out his last, <laughs> like the last thing, half of his career bro. was a center. He could have made the list, but it was just like, gee, I respect you more as a power forward. So it was just like, gee. I was looking at the, because I was thinking about the, the the chip where um Tony took the, the, the uh, finals MVP. And I'm like, yo, who the fuck was they center? I really don't recall who the hell they center was. I really do not recall. So it was like, because I know they just had, I think it was Rosh on the Stairvich. I think. That's just like, I'm just trying to be respectful here, but I think it was Rosh on the Stairvich. But uh, also, Marcus Saul is an honorable mention as well. I forgot, no, no disrespect to Marcus Saul, but he's also an honorable mention. So. But yeah, so. That's uh so yeah so we can go ahead so uh who your fifteen was who uh artist Gilmore all right cool uh artist Gilmore uh look man his accomplishments is insane by the way uh especially read the most uh so he won a champ he didn't have an NBA championship but ABA championship uh literally one of the best ABA players to do with him and jo- uh, Julius Irvin I think the power was in the fro uh also. Five time all ABA, five time all defense, uh, has an all star MVP and an MVP in the ABA as well. Uh, he mm, had damn, yes, he's very accomplished. He fucked up by signing with the Bulls <laughs> in his NBA career, but he was arguably the best player in the Bulls history until Michael Jordan joined. Let's just keep it all the way buck. He was arguably the best Bull until Michael Jordan showed up. So, uh, and he had some of his best his best season, uh, NBA wise. As I'm gonna put respect more on his NBA numbers because he had factor and he was going against real niggas at this point. Uh, he did average 23, 13, and two blocks in 78. That was one of his better seasons. I don't know why the hell this nigga's turnover uh, rate is this goddamn high. This nigga was getting four turnovers as a center. This nigga was bringing the ball up the court. Uh, like crazy, but uh, and he has crazy rebounded numbers. The man literally averaged uh 17, 17, 18, 16, 15 in his first five seasons in terms of rebounds. So, 
Respect to artist Gilmore. Nick was cold, man. So, respect. And one of the first Chicago greats to ever do it. Uh, so, yeah. Uh, my 15 is Yao Ming. Yao Ming's on here mainly for more cultural impact, but also for the simple fact of he was when he was healthy, he was really freaking good. Really good. Eight-time All-Star, five-time All-NBA, and one he didn't win rookie of the year that year, but uh and was made the all-rookie team. The only thing that really y'all mean up was the simple fact that that man foot went to hell at the end of his career. Uh like after his um third season, his his health really was horrible. But uh it was really horrible. Like he missed the entire season because of his, because of the foot injury. Uh, so he really had a short career. One of his best seasons he did average literally 20. Well, he only played like 48 games this year, but he averaged 25 and 10, two blocks. It was weird that Yao Ming's blocks wasn't that high, but I think he just wasn't chasing blocks, which he just like, look, bro, I'm all I got to do is put my arms up and dare you to shoot. So respect. But, uh, when Yao Ming was good, Yao Ming was really freaking good. Uh, competed in the West. The Rockets consistently made the playoffs. It was just a simple fact that T-Mac was his teammate and fucked him over. So, yeah, so respect to Yao Ming, who is my 15. Uh, who's your 14? Trail G. Unmute yourself, G. Oh, 14, my phone was silent. Um... Uh, yeah, me. <laughs> oh, okay. Nothing to add. And my 14's artist Gilmore, so that's that. <laughs> literally switch. See? Uh, 13. Uh, Alonzo Morning. Ooh, I didn't even put Alonzo Morning on my list, and I respect that, man. But he is an honorable mention as well. Uh, uh can you read off Alonzo's stats for me? Because I can't, like, I don't want this thing to close off. I got you. Hold on. Alonzo Morning. Yes. Old time, I might end up taking this nigga off the list if his shit can't be it. No, he he had he's a two time All Defensive Player, two time All NBA. Like the I look some of this is kind of you have to put respect on because you gotta remember he played in the golden era of centers, so you have to put a lot of respect on some of these accomplishments, especially two time defense, two time All NBA is really tough because you you're competing against Shaq. David Robinson, Pat, Patrick Ewan, this nigga, a lot, a, a lot of freaking great centers, Matumbo and stuff like that. Uh, seven-time All-Star, two-time Block champ, one was a crucial part of the Heat first championship uh, in two thousand five, um, and two-time All Defense. So more and Morning in his prime was different, uh, definitely different. He averaged twenty his first in uh, when he was with the Hornets his first three seasons. Uh no yeah no average twenty for uh his first four seasons then his numbers started to drop but he was really one of the best scoring bigs in the game while also being really great defensively he was only six ten while out here averaging like his blocking numbers is crazy rookie year three point five three point one two point nine two point seven two point nine two three point nine three point seven uh two point five. I think this season he barely played because if he, he had kidney problems towards like the latter half of his career. So For real? Uh, yeah, yeah, he came back from. It. I remember it was a really big deep a big deal. Uh really big deal. Um he came back to play with the Nets for twelve games. 
uh, played with the Nets for a couple of seasons. Then he got traded back to the Heat. Uh, but he was still really freaking good defensively, really good defensively for uh, like towards the end of his career. Uh, and like I say, he was really good on the Heat at the uh in that championship season, coming off the bench for Shaq. And there was a point where he was playing power forward with Shaq too. So, but yeah, respect to Alonzo Mourning. Uh, I want to have him on my list, but I had I put I rather have Matumbo on here. Uh. Even though he was better, Morning was better offensively than Matumbo. Matumbo, to me, was just had a just was able to do everything Morning can do defensively, and was just did it at a whole different elite level. Uh, he won Defensive Player of the Year, I think, how many times? Four times, which I think is the most of any player on this list. Uh, that isn't, yeah, I think yeah, which is the most tied with Ben Wallace or maybe even Dwight Howard. Uh. He was the most dominant big defensively uh, during this time frame as well. And he found a way to play for a really goddamn long time and stay productive. Once again, he wasn't, Matumba wasn't the best offensive player, but defensively he was doing that thing. And there was never a point in his career where he didn't average at least a, like a block. And in his prime mm-hmm. years, he was, he was close to five each season. Damn. So he was doing that thing. It's just he wasn't the best offensive player, but his defense is what kept him active. And plus, he won a damn defense player of the year when technically some people would have considered like the end of his prime, which is when he was with Philly. So, shout out to Matumbo, G. Uh, yeah, def- he's next on my list. So, if you can go with yours. <laughs> uh, he was, what, your 12? Uh, well, at the... Um... After uh, he Morning was after, what you would call it for me? Oh, Alonzo so Morning. Oh, so he was your 12. All right, so uh, my number 12 is Bill Walden. Uh, Bill Walden didn't get on my list. I feel like I had to put Bill Walden on the list. Like, when he was, when Bill Walden was healthy, Bill Walden is another example of, A, I played a very, very short career. But when I was healthy, I was that nigga. He won a champion, and thing is, you can literally look at his, because uh, I was looking at his games played. You can argue this nigga was never healthy, <laughs> but when he but when he was on the court, he was really freaking good. Uh, one of one of the finals, one of the Blazers' only finals, which holds a lot of weight until Dame does it. Hopefully, Dame can do it. Uh, <laughs> uh, many will argue that. Uh, that ring wouldn't mean much, but at the same time, I'm sure he had to beat Kareem in the process because Kareem was in the West at this point. So he had to beat Kareem in the process to get to his ring. And Kareem was at that point, the best NBA player. Uh, he is the block. He has a block champ. Uh, he has an MVP, a finals MVP came back. Well, when the Celtics, he was the sixth man off the Celtics and one, and I think their best season that year. So he found a way to stay productive post uh bad feet problems. So uh respect to Bill Walton and also just like Kareem was one of the best college players of all time. Like him and Kareem both literally was back to back in UCLA just where UCLA was just god tier in terms of sports. So utmost respect to Bill Walton uh and the only white dude uh legit American white dude to make the list. <laughs> I 
to represent. For real? Yes, he is. Because Yao Ming is white, but he's Asian. Chinese, to even be more specific. And Bill Walton is arguably one of the few great white players of Jeez. all time. <laughs> you, you are definitely correct. Um, and plus, he smokes a crap ton of weed. So uh, next on my list is uh next on my list is um Bob McAdoo. You got him over Wes Unsell. You have Wes no. Unsell over him. Yes, I don't know the difference, sir. It's, it's a difference. <laughs> I think Wes Unsell's stats are fucking crazy too. By the way, both of their stats are stupid. Both of their stats is pretty ridiculous, but uh, Bob McIndoo, because I was really hoping you said uh, Wes Unsell, but once again, you can flip flop those two, honestly. But uh, Wes Unsell, I mean Bob McIndoo, uh, two-time NBA champion. You know those championships was with the uh, Lakers at the end of his career, <laughs> coming off the bench for Kareem. With Damn. Uh, look, we have to literally have a dialogue how freaking stacked that Lakers team was. G, they had everybody, bro. Like, gee, Bob McAdoo was coming off the bench. I don't think he comes off the bench on the any of the teams on 2K. Does he? I don't think so. I don't remember. But either way, Bob McAdoo was on them uh was on them Lakers teams getting free championships. Two time all NBA, three time scoring champ as a center, which is crazy. Has an MVP and rookie of the year. So uh this best this is some of his seasons, bro. I'm going to pick 1975, 34.5 points, 14 rebounds, uh, blocking up but two blocks, a steal, and while also shooting 76% from the free throw line. That nigga was doing whatever the hell he wanted at will while shooting 50% as well from the field. Nah, he's a monster. He's like, he is wild. Uh, But uh, but yeah, I understand. There's really not much we can say. He played after Martin Luther King got shot, so we can't honor his stuff. But it's also the fact that uh, we know him more for what he does to us on 2K, and he's always in the MVP race for some odd reason. Always in the MVP race uh, in our leagues. So respect to Bob McAdoo. Uh, oh, folks. My number eleven was West Unsailed. Uh, so when it comes to West Unsailed. I put him on here solely because he does have a championship with the uh, Washington Wizards only and probably last championship. Uh, even though they were the Baltimore Bullets at the time, but either way, the uh, Bullets-Wizards organization only championship, I believe. So, uh, or at least last championship. Uh, he was 6'7". He was 6'7", G. And he was doing that thing, G. Rebounding champ. You're 6'7", G. You was the original Dennis Rodman, bro. Has a championship, has a finals MVP, also an MVP in 1968-69. So, uh, he took an MVP from, I believe, Wilt Chamberlain, probably. Damn. I guess. And he was rookie of the year. So, rookie of the year and MVP, same season. So, I'm going to read off that stat line. The fuck this stat line? Wait, the fuck? How do he win with this? Oh, never mind. He averaged like 20 rebounds. That's why. <laughs> Wait, say who who is this again? My bad. West Unsell. This is West Unsell. Uh, okay, so wait, so Oz is flipped again. Yes, damn near. Well, <laughs> not flip flip, but 
because I got I I have Bob McAdoo in my top ten. I, I understand. Look, understand. Like I said, it's it's up to that seven, that seven through one. That that's yeah. that uh, we're gonna have the conversations exactly. About. But, but um, nine out of ten, probably still the same. But yeah, uh, but pretty much Wes Unsell wasn't a scorer, but he did everything else in a sense. And because he really did not really get buckets, but the fact that you stole the MVP back then while averaging only 14 points is amazing. Is really amazing. So respect to West Unsailed. Uh, he didn't really have a spectacular, spectacular long term career, but we have to put respect because he does have an MVP, and we kind of have to list that. Uh, my number ten or your number ten? Your number ten. Alright, I gotta go to my list. Give me one second. This is I gotta man, one day I'm gonna get a computer, bro. Yo, why is it making me go to my wallet? Mm. My fuck ain't shit in that hole. So this is after Bob McAdoo. This is we said I had Wesson. So wait, let me see. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, two. Wait, so I didn't say Wes on sale yet, right? Yes, you did. You no, you said Bob McAdoo. All right, so West Unsettled is my 10. We just got done talking about him. He's yours. Cool. Uh, my number 10 is Dwight Howard. Um, Dwight Howard is such an interesting case. And the thing is, he, uh, if he wins a ring, it, or if the season was to come back and the Lakers win it, he could probably, he will probably beat out Patrick Ewing. I, Chris, I think, and I'm not trying to do the argument, but I think it's, like, his career mirrors the fuck out of David Robinson. I mean, not David Robinson, Patrick, Patrick Ewing. Yeah. But I don't think Patrick Ewing... Do Patrick Ewing has an MVP? No. Do he got defensive players of the year? I don't think so. Let me double check. Uh, me- all defenses, but no, uh, no defense player of the year. Okay. So, like, I can't... In a, in a league... And this is, this is the early 2000s in which... There was a time when he was top three. And niggas in the league, Kobe, Bron, you had the fucking Celtic niggas, G. There was a point where Dwight, like, that's why I said, it, like, I think, because people, that his first Lakers run rubbed a lot of people the wrong way. A lot of people the wrong way, unfortunately, about Dwight Howard, and it's unfair. And I'm kind of tired of having an argument with people on Twitter, for one, about Dwight Howard niggas at work about Dwight Howard. Like, I understand, like, y'all love Kobe, but Kobe wouldn't even let y'all disrespect Dwight Howard like this, G, to keep it G real. Let's just keep it really freaking real. But when you look at Dwight Howard's, like, like eight-time All-Star, five-time rebounding champ, two-time block champ, eight-time All-NBA, five-time All-Defense, All-Rookie, and three-time Defense Player of the Year. So Dwight Howard was very goddamn good. And when you I look at him, three time defensive player of the year, yeah, come on, yeah, bro. I'm sorry, I damn this should probably put him higher, but the niggas above him is fucking way better skill wise, yeah, skill wise. That's the thing, like, if Dwight, like, Dwight Howard's biggest enemy was the fact that I he didn't really start adding to his like post game or much of his offensive game until he got kind of to the Hawks, and I, and that's the latter part of his career. But like, when you look at his stat line, bro. Dwight Howard literally, and you gotta remember, he made he did beat LeBron and get to the finals, and he took I think two games from Kobe, one or two games from Kobe and them. So, he, like, come on now, 
and his team was one of the godfathers of the current uh, era of the NBA. But literally, Dwight Howard, like in terms of stats, uh, like in 2007-2008 season, 2014, two blocks, almost a steal. Uh, literally, like he has been consistently good. Like he produces double-doubles for his career. A lot of these centers cannot say that. Like he did not like even like last year with Wizards with the butt injury that we crack a lot of jokes out of, but gee, the nine games he played, he was really good and was averaging close to a double double. He literally uh, played eighty one games with the Hornets, and even though people said, "Oh, it's his fault," gee, he averaged sixteen and twelve, and he was washed at this point. And even with the Lakers right now, he's looking goddamn really fucking good. Even though he's not averaging a double-double, but having my center average seven, 1.2 blocks, and seven rebounds is really goddamn good. Because he's doing exactly what I asked him to do off the bench. So it's like literally Dwight Howard, people won't appreciate Dwight Howard until he's probably retired and look at his career as a whole. Because... Not many centers can sit there and say they average a double double for most of their entire career. For most of their entire career, and also still be one of the best bigs in the league for his entire career. Because you could sit there and argue that for during his era, he was at least the best center, a top five center, and even now, he will probably be a top 15 center coming off the bench. Yeah, it, man, top 15, shit. I don't even think his fifth is like 10. Like, if you want to use a contention center, who the fuck we putting over him other than, like, all-stars? Exactly. And we're talking about pure centers. We're not just saying front court. So Exactly. Like, you know, pure center? Mm-hmm. Like. But, yeah, like. There's don't... a case that he's better than, what? <laughs> like, there's a case you can say he's better than mostly everybody. Yeah. Like the only thing Dwight Howard's biggest enemy was is is possibly work ethic in terms of improving his offensive game, and just the fact that when he joined the Lakers, his health started to decline because he started having back problems and and stuff like that. But like people forget, like on the Rockets, he was really fucking good on the Rockets. It's just they said, look, we need a cheap option. Clint Capella, come start. So it was like, hey. Uh, but Dwight Howard, I think if the Lakers were to win a ring this year and if he, or if he was to remain on the team next year as well and still be very productive, I can possibly, I would feel comfortable putting him ahead of Patrick Ewing because he has something that Patrick Ewing doesn't have, which is a ring. And also on top of it, in terms of accolades, it's really good. Plus he has a gold medal. We have to, I keep, people forget he has a gold medal on the, uh, on Dream Team 2.0, so like respect respect to that as well. I think no two gold medals. Two. Two. Because he was on both the Redeem and the Dream Team two point So respect to Dwight Howard. Um uh your number nine. Uh my number nine is um so how so one oh Patrick Ewing. Okay, not mad at that. Uh Patrick Ewing like, I, so like it goes Patrick Ewing Howard, so we don't have to really have the top, you know, me keep going. 
Yeah, uh, uh, I just think like I'm just going Patrick to say Cameron my nine. Mirrors, I'm a, let me say my nine. Other, right? Let me say my nine right now. Let me say my nine right now is Bob McAdoo. We already talked about Bob McAdoo, so moving on. So uh, Patrick Ewing is yeah, so like so that we talk about Howard and. Howard and, 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 and um what the heck is his name? Patrick Ewing marry each other as if they were some of the best players at their time. But but hold on, my bad, bro. But um they just they, they didn't get the job done. Also, like in all honesty, Patrick Ewing didn't see a finals till later in his career. No, My man so- Dwight Howard seen one in the what? In his first four, or first five, first five, yeah. Like I, I like I, you know, I always slander Patrick Ewing, right? Because it's the easiest thing to do. I think Patrick Ewing, his college career speaks value on how good he is, but he got fucking sunned by Jordan. <laughs> like that's the story of his career. Was league, I ran into Mike? He was really, really good. Then he got fucking sunned by Jordan. Like then he got sunned by Hakeem. It's it, it, it's wild, bro. Like. I don't think it's honestly. He he's a great player skill wise. There are probably not that many big men you can name as good as him. But in terms of like right now, uh, I don't see him being like the White Howard being. If you was to say both in a prime and you need a center to do work against other great players, are are you putting um? Dwight, as you put pitching pack you on over Dwight Howard. Offensively, yes. Defensively, I want Dwight Howard though. But I'm saying against other great players, right? So and offensively, I you would... can still get you can still get swapped because it's a really good nigga on defense. Yeah. Like and, and I, you can't tell me when your main rivalry was against the Indiana Pacers and that consisted of. That consisted of fucking you was getting like you who who can check you on that team? He lost to Rick Smiths. Come on, brother. He did. Like Lee, Rick White Smith. had to go against Kobe and Al Gasol. <laughs> like Rick Smith. That's a dialogue. <laughs> that is a dialogue. Look at look, look, look at me wrong. Patrick Ewing is amazing. Generational talent. 90s, all that type of shit, but I, I just can't. I understand, but he did also take Hakeem to seven games, bro. He did take Hakeem to seven games in the finals. He took Hakeem to seven. Wait, where he take Jordan? He did take Jordan to one Nichols, Nichols is getting flustered. Nichols is getting flustered by Dennis Rodman. I get where you coming from. <laughs> I get where you coming from. Oh man. But yeah, I get where you coming from in that aspect, but it's just I have the utmost respect for Ewing. It's just his biggest obstacle was Mike. And then when it was major, he did overall run into teams he should have beat. Like hockey, like hockey, taking hockey into seven games. That's an accomplishment in itself, but I think he played a role in why they lost uh, that game seven. And then losing to the Pacers to me is irrehemp, uh, is literally irresponsible. Uh, and then even if he was healthy in 99 
when they went to the finals, uh, I think David Robinson and Tim Duncan was going to literally manhandle that man. So, different discussion for a different day. But, yeah. So, I get where you're coming from. Like, I could see the parallels. That's why I feel if Dwight Howard was to win a championship, he is going to be sitting pretty over Patrick Ewing. To me. Like, all time. <laughs> I just don't see it. I just don't see it. Because it's like with David Robinson, it's just, I mean, not Dave, I mean, Patrick Ewing, it's the simple fact that he doesn't. Because, like, numbers wise, it's like, it's really goddamn good. It's, I, they, I, I agree with numbers wise, it's good. It's just like, bro, Dwight Howard did more at a shorter time period, too. He did. Like, Three I, defensive players in a year and a finals berth beat Braun. And even though it was baby probably he still in the, the East was weak, yes. But the it's not like the East was it was yeah, Jordan. It wasn't even just the East. It, he beat the top teams in the East that year. He beat the Spur I mean the Celtics, despite the fact KG was hurt. That's why I, when people talk about how putting Paul Pierce very high, he couldn't beat Dwight Howard. You it's he like couldn't if, beat I Dwight Howard. Like, yes, we, and we he did, beat we LeBron did. that that year. We get sour pushed by his his heat and Lake. I mean, not heat, but Rockets and Lakers time. But in all honesty, to keep it a hundred percent factual, actual with niggas, he got injured. Yeah, he, and he, he, he they rushed him back, back early, and he did that for them. Mm-hmm. And he got he didn't get blackballed, but he got labeled as. He's passed. He don't work no more. And they sent him to rot in Washington and fucking Atlanta. Mm-hmm. So, like, and then, like, if we want to keep it bumped, the moment Patrick Ewing starts to look shit, what happened? He was shit. <laughs> like, he was shit. Like, he, he couldn't even stay healthy. Like, he, like, literally from 99 on, he was not ever, barely ever healthy. Like, he was barely healthy. Even 98 Jordans last year, he only played 26 games in the regular season. Lockout year, he only played 38. Then the previous season in 2000, he played 62. I don't know how the hell he stayed healthy to play on the damn Seattle uh, Supersonics. Uh, but like when he when he started looking bad, he started looking really old. And the Knicks fell down with it, which says how badly they constructed that team. But I get where you're coming from. Like I definitely get where you're coming from, bro. Like you're not. Wrong. But I understand this apples and then bias come towards it in terms of like favorite players and stuff in our list. This is our list at the end of the day. But yeah. man, like I think the dialogue between Patrick Ewing and Dwight Howard need to be something that's talked about more. I agree. Like you're not wrong. Like you're not wrong. Because uh, was... let's get back to it. Uh yeah. So Patrick Ewing was my eight. So uh, you're number seven. So. I think it's Howard. Wait, no, hold on. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. No, Moses Malone. I'm not mad at that. I uh, uh You got I him put, a little bit higher? I have him top five. What'd you say? I have him uh number five. Okay. Uh but yeah, Moses Malone, can you read them off for me, bro? Cause... All right, so we're just gonna go outright. For one, Moses Malone played for twenty years. This is a very What'd you say? He played for 20 years. <laughs> he played for a long time. The nigga played from 1975 to 1995, bro. So, 
Moses Malone was also a ABA uh nigga as well. Uh he doesn't have a no ABA ABA accomplishments, but uh six time rebounded champ beat uh Magic and had to beat Bird also in the process to win a championship. Uh all NBA, two time defensive, rookie uh all all rookie, finals MVP and three time MVP. Uh, for his career, average 2.3, 12, 20, well, 20, 20 and 12 for his career. Let's just say that. Uh, dang, well, I see why uh, ABA, he only played two years in the NBA, then went to the NBA. So, Moses Malone is literally what we consider is arguably one of the most underrated players of all time. He doesn't get talked about enough uh, in a lot of aspects, especially in the center conversation. Uh, the nigga is a walking rebound. Literally is a walking rebound. Datra knows off 2K. Uh, 30 yes. and 30. Uh, 30 for 30. <laughs> he went 30 for 30 on this nigga. But he was also getting buckets. Uh, the man literally is a beast. Uh, in his prime years in the NBA, his best season, and he has a lot of great seasons, by the way. He don't have a scoring check? Hold on. No, I'm getting whoever freaking averaged more than 31 that year went crazy. But uh, one year, he averaged 31, 1. 1.5 blocks, a steal, and 14 rebounds. Yeah. Like, this nigga rebounding man numbers is wild. His rebounding numbers are stupid. Uh, 15, I don't know how the hell it dropped to 10. 13, 13, 15, 17, 14, 14, 14, 14 15, 13, 13, 11, 11, 11, 11, 10. Then in the latter point of his career, it was eight, nine. Damn, he was coming off the bench at this point. Uh, four, four, and two. Like in Jesus Christ, I ain't gonna mention the points, but he was still getting buckets. G. Like he was very productive his whole goddamn career. Uh, and literally that he has Philly's one. Uh, I mean, last championship. Uh, of its time, and that weighs a lot. Cause he had it was literally him and Dr. J, the ABA All Stars versus <laughs> versus Kareem, and he worked Kareem that whole series. If if you don't believe me, watch highlights of that series. He gave Kareem hands. <laughs> he gave Kareem hands, G, and he has three MVPs, bro. You can't argue that this man is literally like that's why I have him top five. There's a little bit of bias, but G. Moses Malone was literally was not playing with these niggas. He was not playing. And he was considered probably one of the league's greatest uh, mercenaries of all time. Mug want to call LeBron a mercenary. This nigga played for 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11 teams. And he's a three-time MVP. And we we get and we get mad when Muggs uh decide to go to a different team. Uh, for various reasons, this nigga was a mercenary. But respect to uh Moses Malone G, one of his nicknames is Chairman of the Boards, bro. <laughs> his nickname is Chairman of the Boards. That's all you need to know. <laughs> That's all you need to know, my nigga. Hold on, let me. Can I find what's his finals numbers, G? Because I need to see the finals numbers, bro. All Star playoffs. Oh, okay, hold on. Let me see. 1982-83. Can I get I those finals numbers? Hold on. I'm looking. For, I'm looking. I'm looking. 
playoffs. Okay, here we go. So against they swept these niggas, by the way. <laughs> they swept these niggas. But what he did to Curry, twenty-seven and eighteen, twenty-four and twelve, twenty-eight and nineteen, and then the sweep in the sweep game, twenty-four and twenty-three. <laughs> this nigga was giving him the hands of God. <laughs> He, he whooped Kareem's ass, G. Shout out to Moses below, G. But uh, but yeah, he's your, he was your number seven, right? Yeah. Uh, Bill Russell's my number seven. Yo, I, we can't get we can't get super negative with the OGs like that, bro. Yeah, look, bro. Look, man. That this the thing with Bill Russell, bro. Oh's got eleven. Yes, he do. And he, his only competition back then, Will Chamberlain and Jerry West. And they had to join teams just to beat them once. Think about that, G. They had to join teams just to beat him one time. So, like, yes, Bill Russell is literally the greatest runner of all time. I will give him that. But I can't make him the greatest center. I can't call him the greatest center of all time. It just don't sit well with me. He, it don't feel right calling top three. It don't feel right calling him top five. That's why Moses is in there. But, gee, as the greatest one of all time, I respect him, bro. I give him the utmost respect. And Wilt, to me, is the better player, but he's just the better winner and better leader. And that means that's pretty dope. That's why, in terms of all time, he is higher. But in terms as a center, to me, he's just not better than some of these other niggas. And plus, a lot of this shit happened before Martin Luther King got shot. So we got to factor that in as well. But the utmost respect to Bill Russell, the fact that one of his nicknames is Whiskers is making me want to take him off the list altogether. (laughs) (laughs) But also, we have to factor in this. That Celtics team was full of all all the black players too, bro. All the black players was playing with him. KC Jones. They had two different Jones on that team. They had a KC Jones and a Sam Jones. And then there was a point where he had John Havlicek and Bob Cousy. So I was like, bro, like, I have respect for Bill Russell. One of the greatest winners, arguably one of the greatest leaders of all time. He did this while being part of the civil rights movement. Respect. But G. And yes, these rebounding numbers are freaking insane. But gee, in today's era, he'll probably be nothing more but, but Ben Wallace. Um, solely off these numbers. But, because literally, the man didn't even have to score. They just told him rebound and bring the ball up the court. Because I'm sure his assist numbers. He has really high <laughs> assist numbers for a, for a center. But uh, let me read these rebounding numbers, bro. 19.6, 23, 23, 24, 24. 24, 24, 25, 24, 23, 21, end of his career, 18.6 and 20. And at that point, he was coaching. Grabbing the hoes. Grabbing the hoes, folks. Grabbing the hoes. I think he was with the rebounders that go up, two hands, secure the ball, stay there for two seconds and pass it out, bro. Gee, you remember the picture? We saw that nigga jumping over a teammate for a rebound. <laughs> uh, this is rebounder, bruv. 
Now that is rebounded, G. But once again, the utmost respect to Bill Russell, G. He is one of the best to ever do it. Uh, th- definitely one of the best, one of the OGs. But I just don't feel right saying he's better than some of these other players skill wise. Just overall skill wise, he just had the better team, and he did it while also saying a uh, saying the N word is wrong and getting blasted by uh, fire hoses. So I. Wait, so you got to say yours, too. Or you, or you said Bill Foot. So next is David Robinson. Number six. my number six, too. is not higher than Bill Russell. It's simply because that nigga couldn't win a trip until goddamn Tim Duncan got there. He couldn't sniff shit. He oh. couldn't breathe shit. He had to watch niggas win. The oh, moment man. Tim Duncan got there, he won. And proceeded to not be his team no more. Off the sheer fact. Of alpha male testosterone, my nigga. He got a hold of that. Look. And he did on my list. <laughs> he is he's number six on my list as well. So like we're both in agreement that David Robinson is right there. I get where you coming from in terms of yes, he could, he did sniff nothing. But bro, he had he, he ran into hot key. And those Spurs teams was Mid. pretty booty cheeks back then as well. And also the simple fact that literally, uh, I don't know who the hell was the coach of the Spurs back then. Him and David, Rod- well, no, him and I think him and Dennis Rodman could coexist. They just didn't like him as a player. So, uh, but overall, uh, David Robinson, ten-time All Star, has a scoring champ as a center, which is insane. Rebound champ, block champ, two-time NBA champion. Shot to Tim Duncan, ten-time All NBA. Eight-time All-Defense, uh, rookie, rookie of the year. Wait, oh, yeah, rookie of the year and All-Rookie. Has a Defensive Player of the Year as well and an MVP. He has Monster, a, bro. Yeah, Monster. He, has, he, he has just couldn't sniff that shit to that nigga. <laughs> yeah, it's just Tim Duncan came and made life easy for the man. And I respect it. <laughs> and also, the thing <laughs> is, he averaged 20 for most of his damn, for most of his career except the last... He has a strong 20. <laughs> like, he's still averaging 20 for his career. But even, like, his last five seasons, damn, Jesus. He was still averaging uh, at least 12. Uh, and then his last year, he averaged 8.5. But I think Tim Duncan said, hey, rest up, old man. I just need you for the finals. <laughs> but, but yeah, G, David Robinson, definitely one of the best centers to ever do it. Probably, the, I think, to me, the best scoring center, not named Will Chamberlain, uh, on his list. Like, in terms of just, like, people may say Patrick Ewing, but David Robinson was able to score from all points of the floor, G. And may pop a three in your face just because you left him too open. He was feeling himself. <laughs> so, respect to uh, David Robinson. Uh, and he took advantage for all 13 years he played, so respect. Uh, so, that's our number six. Uh, your number five. Uh, I think Bill Russell. Yeah, Bill Russell. I don't even gotta look on that. I know All the right. rest of mine. All right, cool. So that's simple. Uh, mine was Moses Malone. Uh, number four for me was Wilt Chamberlain. Uh, who was your number four? Let's see. Make sure we gotta don't double down. Wait, say it again. My bad. You I said think, what's next? Uh, yeah, number four. Who's your number four? Um, uh, Wilt. 
Oh, okay. Because she, we're both we're both we make sure. when it comes to that. Yeah. So. Well, okay. All this the same. <laughs> Probably is. But uh, Wilt Chamberlain number uh four uh, as we said in the previous episode, the nigga is the collective, uh, because we believe that what Datra believes more than anything that he was a collective of niggas, and they just say, you know what, somebody has to be the face of the collective, and they picked the one known as Wilt Chamberlain. So, <laughs> but yeah, Wilt Chamberlain has is a 13-time All-Star, 7-time scoring champ, 11 uh 11-time rebound champ. <laughs> this nigga was out rebounding Bill Russell. <laughs> uh he won assist champ. <laughs> <laughs> He's probably the only center of all time to win assist champ, bro. Uh two-time NBA champion, uh 10-time All-NBA, 10-time All-Defense. Uh, what else? Uh, All Star. Dang, only one All Star MVP. Uh, Finals MVP and four time MVP. So, uh, what Chamberlain for his career averaged thirty and twenty three with five assists. Mm. Uh, <laughs> wait, what? Wait, can, what was the year he was assist champ? Nineteen sixty seven, sixty eight. I'm about to read the stats for that season right now. So was that his the year he won the championship? They, um, I think that was the year he won the championship with Philly, I believe. Let me see. Nineteen sixty seven, sixty eight. Wait, hold on. I'm trying to see. What year did he win his championships? Um No, he didn't no, that wasn't the championship year, but let me go back. Uh, crap, hold on. But yeah, so the stat line for 1967-68. I think he was challenging himself at this point, but 24.3 points, 8.6 assists <laughs> with 21 rebounds. With, with 24 rebounds. <laughs> Bruh, what the hell? Dog. The collective, bro. It was three niggas on the court named Wilt. <laughs> Yo, this nigga with James was different, bro. Yo, his stats is minutes per game. G, this nigga did not sit down, bro. I'm going to read his minutes, bro. 46, 47, 48. How did you average? They played 48 minutes already. How is it 48.5? 47, 46, 45, 44, 47, 45, 46, 45, 42, 44, 42, 43. Bro, he was just beating niggas because he was more athletic and tall. And this the thing. What Chamberlain is like, look, man. People say Bill Russell would be Tristan Thompson in this era. Will Chamberlain be Will Chamberlain in this era? <laughs> That's wildy. Motherfucker, huh? Give me that rebound. Dart that bitch across the court. <laughs> Off the backboard. Alley up to himself. Exactly. And I think the year, the season he won assist champ, I think he challenged himself to win assist champ, which made it even funnier. Like, my man's literally played basketball just to challenge himself, bro. 
You have to respect man. the man. You know, it's a legend. Other than the one that he beat a cougar by himself, there's a legend that he, he wanted to play track. But he didn't get a chance to. Yeah, he was alone. He has. I think. I think he still carries some of the long jump competition records, bro. Well, of course, nigga. The fucking pole is his legs. He's doing that shit on birth. <laughs> Man, bro. And he had waves. The fuck was his wave cap? <laughs> Didn't even know how to get waves. Every nigga had a fro back then. Or, you, or your shit was receded. He was created even... waves. <laughs> You're like, I don't know about y'all. Shit, but my shit's swimming. Oh, God. <laughs> he had the wave pressing <laughs> in. <laughs> Yo. Shout out to Will, bro. <laughs> well, the title of the episode: Will Chamberlain created waves. That is that, and I need that picture of him with the waves too. Jesus, <laughs> Will Chamberlain invented waves. Bro. <laughs> he was Will Chamberlain was wavy, bro. It was cool. <laughs> but respect. Man, the we world. not only want to talk about the bitches that that deserves a podcast on its own. Top fifteen bitches Will Chamberlain had dibble down beer. Oh, Number bro. fifteen, my great 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 great. great. <laughs> <laughs> oh shit! <laughs> but yeah, moving on. Uh, number three, Hakeem. I'm Definitely, sure we, yeah. So, uh, uh, Hakeem. So clearly, he took two uh, championships while Jordan wasn't actively playing, uh, due to either a suspension or uh, what you'll call it. Uh, 12-time All-Star, two-time rebound champ, three-time uh, block champ, two-time NBA champion in MVP, 12-time All-NBA, nine-time All-Defense, two-time Defense Player of the Year and has an MVP. And I think he won both in one season. So uh, one of the few players to do that. Um, Hakeem was arguably the number two of this time frame, easily. Uh, it was just... Uh, his time, when his time was there, he took advantage of that time. Uh, probably the best uh, best post player of all time. And I could have sworn this nigga is 6'10", because on 2K he looked 6'10", but they got him at 7 foot. Because um, that nigga be looking short compared to other niggas. But, uh, but Hakeem, though, G, is a prime example of ancient African secrets. Uh, for his career, he, had, is, he averages 22 and 11. Uh, he did start his career off as a power forward because he was playing with Ralph Sampson. Then Ralph Sampson legs said, adios amigo. Uh, I'm done with this. And he proceeded to move on to center and he was still doing that thing. Uh, literally this nigga Hakeem was different defensively and he was giving niggas buckets, bro. Like, bro, there's his best season, at least on here states, uh, 24, Four, 24, 5, and 14 rebounds. And then there's a season where he averaged 27, 4 blocks, 4 assists, and 11 rebounds. Well, 12 rebounds. This nigga was doing what the hell he wanted, G. I lagged out. Oh, you lagged out? Yeah. No, I'm good, G. I'm good, G. I'm good, G. Oh, okay. But, uh, I thought but, yeah, I about to lag G. out. Okay, but yeah, like Hakeem was doing what the hell he wanted, G. And uh, and the two years where Jordan was not playing, he literally stated dominance in every way possible. Uh, we have to give him respect. He's one of the reasons why Patrick Ewan does not have a ring, and he also swept Baby Shaq uh, in it also as well. So definitely. So Hakeem is that nigga. Uh, very still that nigga. 
it was just unfortunate that we had to see him in a Toronto Raptors jersey trying to help Vince Carter do the impossible. So, mm-hmm. but, so uh, anything else you want to add about Hakeem? Nah, Hakeem is just a, a great, literally a great. Can't really add nothing to that. All now, right. this is, I don't know. We probably got the same thing, but I consider this a tie. It can be a tie. I think it's safe to call it a tie, but I also think it could be slightly disrespectful to call it a tie, too, depending. To Kareem, yeah, I think it's a tie to call Because you go against the greatest and then the most dominant. Yeah. And, okay, I'm putting Shaq at two. I just think Kareem six, his college career, and him the fact that damn that nigga played, he played his, how many years he played? Like fucking one million? He played a good long time. Hold on, let me see. Uh, almost 20 years. He almost played yeah, 20 so. years. So we so could go either or, but uh, Shaq is my number two. Like, it can be a tie, but it's like, gee, Shaq could, and once again, this goes back to Dwight Howard, which is why, in a way, Shaq could easily, a lot of people say Shaq can easily bend the GOAT if he gave a damn yeah. more. And the funny thing is, when you look at what he did, you would think he gave a damn. <laughs> That's the thing. <laughs> Hold on. Shaq's final stats is what makes me yeah, be like, his damn. final stats is also OC. I wish I could just, I wish they just had a sexual, uh, for finals. They only have playoffs, which is disrespectful. But, uh, literally just some of his final stats is also very OC. I'm sure his playoff stats is OC either way, but let me just see. Cause like I could read off his, let's see. Jesus Christ. Um, <laughs> uh, let's see. Just in the playoffs, 20, 25, 25, 26. This nigga averaged 30 and 97 and 10. 30 and what? 30 and 10 and 97, 98, uh, 26 and 12 and 98, 99. Then his first championship, uh, in the playoffs, thirty-one and fifteen with two blocks, thirty and uh fifteen, two point five. What's well, literally the same stat line? It literally, is the exact same damn stat line. <laughs> in the second championship, it went down. He dropped a little bit in the third. Uh, in the three peat with the twenty-eight point five to uh thirteen. He said again. He dropped a little at the what? It dropped a little, which is twenty-eight point five, twelve rebounds, three assists, and two point five blocks. And that's dropping, and then the D Wade one, and like literally, it's this just this one shows how great Shaq is. Even though in the playoffs, uh, in the with uh with the Heat, eighteen point four, ten rebounds, and one point five blocks in the playoffs, and that's that's, that's serve and for him that is pedestrian. For some people, that is thank you. You are our third best player. <laughs> so, but but yeah like Shaq literally has a is a 15 time all star uh you could probably subtract two of those because those were just because the fans said we love Shaq uh two-time scoring champ four-time NBA champion four-time all NBA three-time all defense three-time all-star MVP which is impressive for a center three-time finals MVP only has one MVP which is the most disrespectful part of his resume in rookie of the year so 
And despite the fact that Shaq played, I feel like two or maybe three seasons too long, he still sound, somehow kept his averages up where they were 24 and 11. Nick was different, bro. Dominant. And even when during the prime years of the bigs of the 90s, G, the nigga was still putting up numbers, bro. His rookie year against, at this point, most of the most of the great centers of the 90s was in their primes. He averaged 24 and, 10, and 14 with four blocks. That's his best blocking season, by the way, as well. But literally, this nigga Shaq just did whatever the hell he wanted, bro. Whatever the hell he wanted and was good at it, bro. And the thing is, he didn't stop averaging under 10 until his final season. Damn. Yep. Like, this nigga Shaq was different. People also underrate his, uh, that, uh, when he played with the, uh, the Phoenix Suns for a little bit because that was a really good season for his, for his standards because at that point he was dang near washed. The nigga still averaged, uh, a smooth, uh, 13 and 11 while playing for the Suns, which was a fast paced team. Man. So, shout out to Shaq G. Uh, number two, you can make a case he is number one as well. Uh, number one is Kareem. Clearly, we've been reading his resume off for too long, so it speaks for itself. Uh, it literally speaks for itself. Kareem is the only person in the entire league who can walk up to Jordan and say, I have an argument saying I'm better than you. Yep. Like he has six championships. I think just third place is, even though I put freaking, it's weird because I put LeBron James all time because of what he does, his skill, second all time, what he does, skill set, all that type of stuff. But in terms of like career accolades, there's only two people who can walk up to Jordan and say, I have a question with you, right? Mm-hmm. Second is Magic. Yeah. First is the Kareem. Them two niggas is the only people I can think come up to Jordan and say, let's have a talk of who the greatest and who not. And Kareem humble with it. Even though I think Kareem deep down inside says, I know I'm better than you. Because Kareem played with three generations of fucking centers. He did. The 70s. He played with the generation before him, his generation, and the generation after him. Yep. And then they won a championship in all them generations. Yep. Definitely did. It's, it's fucking wild. And then, like, that field goal thing, oh, that's getting touched ever. I don't even know if Bron can do it now with the season fucking mode. Yeah, with well, <laughs> yeah, well, well, the season getting cut short, bro, possibly getting cut short. LeBron isn't touching probably the score unless he literally has to average. He needs another season where he's averaging like his current point total for it to work. Like, shit. But yeah, so uh, Kareem speaks for itself. I'm I'm tired of reading it, but it speaks for itself. Um, Best center of all time. Shaq has a case, but it'd be kind of disrespectful. But Magic, I mean, Kareem literally is that nigga. And for a center to lead, for a center to have, be the all-time scorer is scary as well. Yes. Yes, it's it was. It's very scary. While only, at the same time, only having two scoring champs. It's, just, it's the consistency throughout his whole career. Yep. 
Yep, that's that's what it is. Like he's definitely a model consistency. Because uh, even in his final year, he still averaged. Damn, how many games did this nigga play? Damn, well these numbers is kind of pathetic. But I guess I, uh, his final year was ten and five. Was this nigga playing that many? Well, they wasn't. They they had that minute nigga on a minutes restriction. <laughs> like, look, bro, we just need you to get to the playoffs, bro. Plain and simple. But, but yeah, G. Utmost respect to uh, Kareem. He's undisputed number one. Uh, next week we'll fi- finish this off with um. Yeah, next week we'll finish this off with um. What you small forwards. Yep, yeah, small forwards. Uh, shout Jerry Stackhouse. He's gonna be top five. Um. <laughs> You know, how, you know how we get down here, G. So, shout, so shout out to Jerry Stackhouse, Josh Howard, probably number 14, G. So, we'll see. Uh, but, yeah, we appreciate you guys for listening, of course. Make sure you uh, follow us on Twitter at 3SFromTheRing uh, for all our uh, takes on anything involving basketball, wrestling-related. Um, and whatever platform you listen to, you tweaking media off of, make sure you hit that subscribe, follow, like, all that good stuff. We greatly appreciate all the above. We appreciate you guys for listening in peace.